You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. All right, welcome, welcome. It's been a couple of days since our last podcast, and we we don't have a lot of news, but we have some really good news. Well, we have good news if you are a Le'Veon Bell fantasy football owner, because if you have been watching the news, he has been released by the New York Jets. They got into a little Twitter battle and decided that they were going to trade him. Based off the money he was making, they couldn't find any takers, so they just released him, ate the cash. And now Le'Veon Bell is free to go anywhere that he pleases. And, you know, from the beginning, I felt like this was a bad move by the Jets and by Le'Veon Bell because, you know, from his days with the Steelers, I, you know, with him holding out, Back then, I didn't feel like he really wanted to play football. He wanted a lot of money, and when they were close, they're trying to sign him to an extension. He's like, no, I want more money. Ended up holding out the whole year, and then the market wasn't what he thought it was going to be once he became a free agent. And I think partly the the reason why was because he held out for so long. And the only team that really came calling was the Jets. Gave him some guaranteed money, more than what he'd make with the Steelers, but overall the deal was not close in regards to uh, the term. And so he signs with the Jets, and they were a team already in turmoil, even back then. The the Jets have been kind of on a a downward slope for, for a while now. And you're wondering, you know, at the time they didn't really have an offensive line, so you're wondering how he was going to be productive with that offensive line. He wasn't. Uh, he was actually a, a big disappointment with the Jets last year. And I think it compounded the fact that Adam Gates never even wanted him. You know, he was signed, the GM signed him, and then Gates immediately said how he didn't want him on the team and that he had other options he wanted. And that led to Le'Veon Bell not being used the way he could be because Adam Gates didn't really want to use him as a weapon uh, which I don't understand that part of it because I mean you're Adam Gase you need to win games and Le'Veon Bell's a dynamic back he can do a lot of things for you but he didn't even try to use his skill set at all and kind of put him into his you know god awful system that doesn't capitalize on anybody uh, anyone's ability anyway so fast forward to now you know, Jamal Adams leaves, Slavon Bell gets all angry about that because, you know, he was the one that talked Le'Veon Bell into signing with the Jets. Realized it was a sinking ship pretty fast. Was on IR after, like, the first week of the season. Finally comes back, plays one game, and then he's out. And, you know, I think it's going to be hard for him to find a team because I, where's that commitment level? You know, he signed that big contract. He didn't play it out. You know, it's always been about the money with Le'Veon Bell, which is fine. I mean, you in any career fear, uh, field, you want to make the most money you can, and um, I don't fault the guy for that. But, you know, he, he kind of showed with the Jets that once he got the money, he he what really didn't work to to earn that money. And I, and I get, again, he was misused, so there's part of that in the play too. And, and you can go back to that saying, well, maybe Le'Veon Bell – can be a you know a, a decent back that's reliable and uh, effective, but I think once he knew it was a bad situation with New York, he, he didn't really want to play, so he was you know on IR for a while, came back and then demanded a trade. It's like he, he didn't want to be there, and and I get it. I wouldn't want to be at a place that doesn't want me either. But uh, having said that, you know I, I think Le'Veon Bell isn't necessarily a locker room cancer. It's just he's not a person that you can rely upon on a, in, a, in a team environment to uh, be a, a consistent producer for you. 
Uh, it doesn't feel to me like he likes football necessarily or that he he really wants to play football. It's just a means of, you know, a way for him to make a lot of money. And, you know, he's trying to take advantage of that. Anyway, uh, some of the spots I think he fits in perfect with. Uh, I went to four spots. Uh, every NFL team is, you know, tweeting out, hey, he'd be perfect on this team. And, you know, originally I thought the Chargers would be a good spot for him with uh, Austin Eckler being out. And especially the way that the uh, Chargers use that running back position, it's perfect for what Le'Veon Bell does. But he also wants to go to a winner, and especially after you know he, he dropped a lot of money on on the table at New York. So you know to go to a winner. So with the Chargers being one and four, I don't see that he would want to go to a team that was in a similar situation as the Jets, although. Don't get me wrong, the Chargers are light years ahead of where the, the Jets are at this point. But my four teams that make the most sense, my number four team is the Steelers. They would be a lot higher. I would actually put them at number one just because he's already done it there. You know, James Conner's hurt all the time, so there's actually a need for a back uh, of his caliber that can, you know, be a three-down back. Tomlin likes his workhorses that play the whole game. He doesn't like, you know, the running back by committee stuff. And, again, with Connor this being a contract year for him, Le'Veon Bell kind of slides in seamlessly at, at that point. So it's a good fit, but the reason why it's number four is because the Steelers are not ones to kiss and make up and just bring someone back that was such a distraction for them. And, to be honest, it's never really happened. So I don't see, you know, even though the fit is – you know, made in heaven, basically. I don't see that uh, it happening. My number three team is the Miami Dolphins. And I say that because he trains in Miami. He hangs out in Miami. You always see him on, you know, his jet skis in Miami. So it's a spot that uh, he likes to be at. And the Dolphins aren't horrible, you know. They're, they're competitive. So it could be a situation where it fits the... Uh, his environment and it's a team that he can compete with and so it's uh, it's a good spot for him my number three spot is the kansas city chiefs and the kansas city chiefs are perfect i know clyde edwards hilaire all the clyde edwards hilaire fans that are out there that drafted him in the first round but clyde edwards hilaire is a rookie and he could do livian bell could already do the things that you want clyde edwards hilaire to do and this gives every you know the Chiefs a chance to move Clyde Edwards Hilaire along slowly and still have that dynamic back that can do all those, you know, receiving tasks and running between the tackles that you you want your running back to do. And, you know, uh, Edwards Hilaire has been really hot and cold. And what's missing is that uh that uh, confidence in that, that running back position to uh you know uh, perform regardless of the matchup. My number one spot, and I think it's just too perfect right now is the Arizona Cardinals and I say that because uh, the Kenyon Drake is really struggling and the type of offense that they run fits what Le'Veon Bell can do perfectly I, I think he'd be a perfect fit take away the Cardinals lackluster running game that they've had thus far and I, I, he's someone that uh could really be dynamic in that offense. I just think it's one of the better fits in the NFL. And so that would be my number one spot. And I know everyone's talking about the Buccaneers as well. And with Bruce Arians, that definitely could be in play since Bruce was the old offensive coordinator way back in the day for the Steelers. But uh, And they need a running back. But there's just too many mouths to feed in, in Tampa. You know, they, they have McCoy, they have Fournette. I don't see them going and just getting another running back. Uh, outside of what they've already added. You know, Ronald Jones is playing well, and Keyshawn Vaughn is coming up. So there's just really, it doesn't make a lot of sense for what they're trying to do over there. My next line of news, moving on, is Melvin Gordon was arrested for a DUI. Was going, like, man, 25 to 39 miles an hour over the speed limit. And not that I condone him drinking and driving. I, I don't condone that at all. But, uh... The speed doesn't bother me necessarily if it was especially on the highway, because if you've ever driven on the highways in Denver, especially at night, um, cars are 
you know, the the median speed is about 80 miles an hour in a 55. Uh, cars have wide open road at night. They're hauling, especially with uh, COVID. The traffic has died down a little bit. And uh, it's really not as fast as you think on those highways. But regardless, it is still speeding. He still was drunk, and he definitely needs to, uh, you know, receive any type of punishment that uh, he can get for for an infraction like that. But what it does do is it opens up this week for Philip Lindsay. He's coming back from injury. Melvin Gordon might be punished. He might not. But uh, I'm not sure that he even plays this week against the Patriots because of this arrest. So Philip Lindsay is an intriguing option to be playing. And uh, if he's on your waiver wire or he's you know there just sitting there in uh, free agent land, you need to pick him up, especially for this week. He could be a, a real asset for your your fantasy football team. So, uh, poor Melvin Gordon, but uh, when you make dumb decisions, it opens up the door for someone who's not making a dumb decision. And in this case, it's it's Philip Lindsay. Let's do a quick recap of the Tuesday night football game. We weren't able to talk about it last podcast because it hasn't, you know, it didn't happen yet. And the Tennessee Titans remained undefeated by beating the formerly undefeated Buffalo Bills, forty-two to sixteen. And this game was kind of crazy. It, you know, it was pretty close early on, and it just seemed like it wasn't the Bills' night. You know, they start driving, commit a penalty that would kill a drive. You know, they're driving. You know, a turnover would happen. And to be honest, the only player that had a decent game for, for Buffalo was Stephon Diggs with his 10 receptions for 106 yards. He's targeted 16 times. You know, 16 times. If you have a receiver targeted 16 times, I mean, good things are going to happen. He didn't score, but, you know, 100 yards, you'll, you'll take it, especially for a performance by this offense that they had. And, you know, Tennessee looked really good. Derrick Henry kind of had an off day, and it's crazy saying that because he had two touchdowns, but, you know, he only had 57 yards rushing. He was pretty much held in check most of the day by the Bills, and Tannehill is just unbelievable. You know, you know, we didn't think that his limited opportunities, you know, resulting in the touchdowns would last from, from last season, and they are. I mean, he only had 195 yards passing, but he had three touchdowns. And that's just kind of the formula for the Titans. And Janu Smith, my boy, he's a guy that I've built up and talked about since the uh, the summer. I wanted him in all my fantasy leagues. I didn't get him. He was drafted too early, and he's turning into be to becoming the uh, one of the top tight ends, top three for sure. And it's a great thing to watch. You know, he had five catches for forty yards and two touchdowns, and A.J. Brown did his thing with 82 yards and a touchdown. So um, this Titans offense, is they can beat you in so many ways, and it's all predicated off the run. And then they go to that play action, and with, uh, you know, A.J. Brown's like a tight end, just a huge target, and it's it, they're effective. And I this was a game I thought the Bills were going to come in and win, especially with Josh Allen. He's been playing lights out for the first four weeks of the season being, you know, like a top five quarterback every single week. And he just didn't have it. Uh, I guess that's the easy way to say it. Threw two interceptions, had two touchdowns, but uh, you, you definitely expected more. I mean, 263 yards, you know, playing from behind, they had to had to pass the ball a lot. And I'm just excited about Janu Smith. I mean, it really kind of catapulted him for me into in a top – three tight end for the rest of the year he's a start no matter who he plays and he's an exciting tight end so uh, it's I would have definitely you know I've been trying to trade for him all all uh, season and I don't think after this game that I'll be able to unfortunately but uh, it's always great to see someone you're really high on performing like that and you know th- th- this Bills Titans uh, Steelers matchups are going to really be exciting to watch because Steelers play the Bills, Steelers play the Titans, and you know those are the two remaining undefeated teams in the AFC. 
and just that whole three team battle with you know the playoff implications and you know like I said who's going to remain undefeated right now and, and those type of things is just pretty fun to watch and they're all similar teams where they you know they play a physical game anyways um regards to the COVID stuff it was just nice that the Tennessee Titans got the play they, they kept testing negative all the way up to the game so kudos to them so they can finally play and we can finally watch them I think you know that's the biggest takeaway that I'm I'm the most excited about was the fact that uh, we got to watch them play football and the uh, season can go on without a hitch if things stay uh, I guess kosher and uh, there's not too many uh, COVID interruptions. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview. Starting now. Previewing our Sunday morning games today, we will start with the Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. Titans are favored by five and a half points, and I think the Houston Texans will play better than what the Bills did in Tennessee, but I still think the Titans cover. So take Tennessee, give up the five and a half. They'll, they'll win by more than that. Starting Deshaun Watson, I think he has a game similar to what he did last week. I think he's a really good start here. Ryan Tannehill, you know, his efficiency, his efficiency is actually so efficient uh, that uh, he's a top five quarterback. He just is. And he's, you know, threw for under 200 yards, got three touchdowns last week. It's just the way of the land for the uh, the Titans and, and how they operate that offense. But Tan, uh, Ryan Tannehill is very prevalent. David Johnson. I'm getting ready to, to cut the cord on him because he had a great matchup last week, and I said to start him. Thought he would do something. He didn't. Uh, well, not as much as what I, I thought he would. I th you know, I thought he was ready to bust out and have a big game. And if he doesn't do it here, then I'm definitely going to have him on a short leash because, you know, at what point can you wait for him? It's been, uh, this is already, what, week six? You know, there's not too much uh, too much season left, so... Actually, it's going to be almost halfway over. So uh, David Johnson is you know running out of time to show us something this year. Derrick Henry, you're starting him regardless. He has a great matchup, but plus it's Derrick Henry. He's just a beast. So you can start him in your lineup with, with confidence. Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, and Randall Cobb. I have them all on there because Tennessee's not really good at defending the receiver position. And... It's all the way around. It's the outside receivers. It's the slot. It's everything. So, I am, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting all three of those. And uh, although I don't think all three are going to have huge games, I think they'll they'll all be productive, or they have the opportunity to be productive. AJ Brown, don't need to talk about. You're starting him. He has a good matchup, and AJ Brown's just such a matchup nightmare, especially in this one, that I think he has a big game. And then, you know, Janu Smith, uh, he has a bad matchup. The Texans are actually pretty decent at defending the tight end position. But, you know, we, we talked about it during the uh, recap. I'm just not benching him ever. He's a top three tight end, and he's always in your lineup. So you're starting him. Bad matchup, though. Jordan Akins, he has a great matchup. He's getting, uh, I think he's actually going to play, recovering from his concussion. He has a good matchup here. Jordan Aikens is a, a decent play, especially if you're hurting for a tight end. It's it's not that big of a, a reach right here to maybe uh, pick him up and throw him in here. I'm sitting Adam Humphreys and Corey Davis. Corey Davis because he's still on the COVID list. He, even if he comes off, I'm not uh, you know I'm not sure what the recovery is on on COVID related stuff, but 
uh, it, it doesn't make me feel good about it. And Adam Humphreys is just pretty much a non-factor in that offense. Like, he has his moments, but he's not even probably rostered on most teams. This next game, uh, I'm going to introduce it a little bit because this game's not going to be fun. It's going to be a boring game, low scoring, and one of those slugfest things where you watch it and you're like, man, this is a terrible game. Defense is playing well, and uh, but there's not much going on on offense. And this is what I see in this one. So it's the Cincinnati Bengals at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are favored by 9.5 points. 9.5. And, and normally, especially the way the Bengals looked last week against the Ravens, I would take the Colts in those points. But I don't think the Colts offense is very good. And the, the Bengals defense is underrated. They're just uh, not a very good football team. So I'm actually going with the Bengals here, and I think they'll cover the 9.5. That's just way too many points for uh, offenses, anemic as the Colts. Phillip Rivers, you know, everyone was looking at him like he was going to bring the Colts to glory. And, you know, their defense is really good, but they're just not getting that uh, that play from Phillip Rivers. He's, he's not productive right now, and uh, it's looking like that signing was a big mistake. Having said that, you know, the start and sits of the week, I'm basically I'm sitting everybody. Joe Burrow, Phillip Rivers, Naheem Hines, especially Naheem Hines. The Bengals are pretty good at defending, receiving from the running back position, and that's where Hines eats. And uh, so that I don't see that working out. Joe Mixon, I even have him on my bench, and that's tough to do because he had such a great week uh, a couple weeks ago. And I'm not saying you don't play Joe Mixon because of the volume, but he doesn't have a good game here. Uh, the Colts are going to contain him. And, I mean, I guess the best you can hope for is like a Miles Sanders-type day where he gets lucky and gets a long run and maybe gets a goal line touchdown or something. I don't know. But uh, it's not looking good for Joe. Tyler Boyd I have on my bench, and I, I hate to – put Tyler Boyd on my bench because he's a big part of that passing offense so even if he has a tough matchup he's getting that volume but Tyler Boyd to me is, is a bench this week with the, that Colt defense and AJ Green you know he's hurt he's he's a limited participant in practice I feel like he's been hurt most of the year I don't see him recovering he's he's a drop at this point and I definitely wouldn't be starting him in uh, you know, in a, in a fantasy football lineup right now. Zach Paschal, T.Y. Hilton, they're all benches. The the Bengals can, can cover the receiver pretty well, and that leads to bad things for both of those guys. And they're really matchup dependent. T.Y. Hilton had an, an amazing matchup last week and, and didn't do too much with it. So it's like I don't think he'll ever do anything with anything this, this year. <laughs> Um, that's I'm kind of at that point with him. And, uh, yeah, Drew Sample. It's a bad matchup, but Drew Sample's already proven that with good matchups, he's more than, you know, he's just nothing more than a blocking tight end. I'm, I'm starting Jonathan Taylor, and that's just because they're – Jonathan Taylor's going to get some volume, and that might help him out a little bit. Bengals are middle of the road, and, you know – I'm not expecting a huge day from Jonathan Taylor, but I think he'll be startable. T. Higgins, I have him in there just because his volume is going up the more that A.J. Greens is going down, and he's becoming relevant in every game. He's Last week he only got about, what, like 60-something yards, but uh, I think he can. I think he can have a big day. They're using him more and more. I don't think he's going to have like a Chase Claypool type breakout, but I think a breakout's coming here soon, and uh, I think he needs to be started. I think he has a good game against this Colts defense. I think he's going to be one of the only bright spots for the Bengals. And then Trey Burton, Jack Doyle, they have okay matchups. I don't think Mo Alley Cox is going to play. I think he's going. You know, he's injured. I don't think he makes it, and it's a ho hum matchup. So. 
I like Trey Burton better because he got more targets last game, like nine to two. So if I had to make a choice here, I'd go with Trey Burton. But uh, you know, it could change. Who knows? It was only a one game sample, so that doesn't really tell you much. And uh, yeah, they're they're middle of the road options for for a tight end, especially if you're you're hurting at tight end this week. This next game is the opposite of the Bengals and the Colts game. This is the Falcons at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are favored by three and a half points. And I'm taking the Vikings in this one. I've been underestimating the Vikings all year. You know, they started off horrid. They're they're starting to grow on me a little bit. They're starting to put it together. And I think those live reps are, are really helping their defense not that I think their defense is great, but it's definitely better than that first week. And having said that, I'm starting Kirk Cousins. Atlanta's so bad at defending the pass. Kirk Cousins should have an amazing day. So, you know, we'll see because they're a, you know they're a running team, and you know it'll be interesting to see if they start passing it more because the Falcons are really bad at defending it, or. They just go into into the game saying, you know, this is what we do. We're not we're sticking to it, and uh, you know, try to stop us. So it'll be interesting to see that uh, dynamic, you know, during uh, during game day. Matt Ryan, you're starting him against Minnesota without question. You're starting Matt Ryan. Todd Gurley, he doesn't necessarily have a amazing matchup. It's middle of the road, but I think volume wise, with the you know pass catching and, and the running, he's going to have a decent day. So I'm, I'm starting Todd Gurley. He's on my start list. And Alexander Madison, same type of thing. He, he doesn't have a, a super amazing matchup, but Dalvin Cook is hurt, and as much as the Vikings run the ball, Alexander Madison is a must-start. And especially if you're doing other, like, FanDuel leagues and things, I think he can be a bargain. I don't know yet because I haven't made my lineup, but uh, it's something to think about. I think he has a, a, a pretty big day, and uh, the matchup's not horrible. So Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage are starts. They've had a rough couple weeks, but uh, I, I think they go back to the the beginning of the season where they get a lot of targets and their factors again. And Adam Thielen is like a top three re- wide receiver every week. He just needs to be played and started in all formats. So play him. Justin Jefferson, same thing. You know, he had a bad week last week with a good matchup, but I think you just keep sticking with them, and especially with a matchup like this, you, you put them out there. And, uh, you know, Adam Thielen has, has been doing amazing with ho-hum matchups. I can't wait to uh, see what he does in this type of matchup. I think Adam Thielen just goes off. Irv Smith I have as a start. Falcons can't defend the pass very much, so I have both Rudolph and Smith because I don't know who's going to get the ball. But I do think Irv Smith's more dynamic, and Kyle Rudolph is, you know, slowly fading into the sunset, and Irv Smith is going to start taking over the majority of those targets. So if I had a choice, I'm I'm taking Irv Smith, and I think he can be a good play. I'm sitting Julio Jones, and not because it's not a good matchup. It is. It's just... He's been hurt all year. There's something wrong with Julio Jones. I don't know what it is, but I'm I'm not confident in playing him till I see more of him and seen or I can see that he's over whatever type of injury he has. You know, it's it's been that ankle for a while, and yeah, I mean, I hate to 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 bench you know probably a first round draft pick in most leagues, but I think that's where we're at with Julio Jones. He just you know he's. He hasn't been productive. And that's the same with Hayden Hurst. I'm benching him as well. And he has an okay matchup, but Hayden Hurst has showed me nothing this year. And I don't, with, with all the other receiving options, I just feel like he's getting targets taken away from, you know, by Gage. He's getting targets taken away from by Ridley. He, he's just not really a factor. And, you know, we don't need to beat around the bush about it. I just don't think he's getting open, he, you know, especially as much as Hooper did. And I thought he was a better athlete than Hooper, so he had better potential in this offense. But that hasn't been the case so far. So, um, yeah, Minnesota, I think, wins by by more than the three and a half points in this one. 
This next game is the Denver Broncos at the New England Patriots. And this game was supposed to be played in week five, but due to COVID, it was pushed back to this week. And thank God that it was because Drew Locke wasn't going to play. Noah Fant wasn't going to play. Cam Newton wasn't going to play. And now it looks like all of them are going to play. So I think this game, not that it's intriguing by any means, but it's a lot more intriguing with those players playing. Having said that, New England is favored by eight points. And, you know, the Denver Broncos going all the way to the East Coast to New England doesn't sound like a recipe for success. So I am taking New England and the points. And originally I was going to take Denver if Cam Newton wasn't going to play. But now that Cam Newton is playing, I think New England beats Denver by by the more than the eight points. So having said that, I'm starting Drew Locke. I'm starting Cam Newton, both quarterbacks. And I'm starting them for two different reasons. New England's really bad at defending the quarterback this year. And, you know, Drew Locke only has a really small sample size. You know, we didn't know this at the time, but he was playing the Titans. And the the, the Titans, you know, made Josh, uh, Josh Allen look mortal for the first time last week. And so, you know, Drew Locke struggled a little bit against them, but that's... He's not the first one to struggle against the Titans, I guess is what I'm saying. And this is a better matchup for him in regards to, you know, how how well New England defends the quarterback. And I'm really confident in Drew Locke this week, actually. So I'm starting Drew Locke. I think he's a, a top 12 play. And, you know, I, I wish there was, like, some kind of bell I could ring or, or something, but... Uh, he, he makes it into my top 12. He's he's going to Top Gun. Cam Newton, he's starting because Denver can defend the quarterback position from a passing perspective, but they're horrible at defending running quarterbacks. And Cam Newton can do that as well as anyone. So I, I think he, that makes him really fantasy relevant, makes him a top 12 quarterback. I am putting Cam Newton in there for sure. Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman, and Demir Bird are all starts for me. Tim Patrick has turned into a target machine, and I just like that about him. He's solid. He's not flashy, but he'll get you those fantasy points, and he's a good start. And Jerry Judy's the opposite. He is flashy. He has less targets, but he has bigger, uh, better big play ma- uh, material. So I-, I think he is. You know, he's due for a big play in this one. And then Nikhil Harry, I don't like him as a receiver, but with Cam Newton, I think he gets enough targets to be relevant. And especially with Cam Newton, Julian Edelman is just a target machine. He actually gets most of New England's targets, so I think he's a good start. I'm sitting Philip Lindsay. I don't like the matchup. I'm sitting Melvin Gordon because I don't think he'll play. I, I think with the legal issue this week that he might not uh, be out there. Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead, James White. I am benching all the running backs for New England. Denver's really good at at stopping the rush, even with the injuries, and I think that continues. And then, especially with a contentious backfield like New England, where you're never sure who's going to be the main guy, it makes it even harder to feel confident in, in starting a New England running back. So, out of those three, you know, with Sony Michelle going to IR, I just I, I'm benching all three. Ryan Izzo, you know we don't need to talk about him. He would be benched regardless, even if he had a good matchup. Noah Fant is a bench, and that's unfortunate. And the reason why it's unfortunate for me is because I really like Noah Fant. I think he's a great tight end. He's finally getting back from injury. I think he's a top five tight end, but uh, yeah, this matchup's really bad, and we need to. I need to see more of him to be confident in starting him in a bad matchup. So that's why he's on my bench. But overall, this game, like I said, started out looking like a big snoozer, and it's has a little intrigue now with everyone playing. On to the next game. It is the Washington football team at the New York Giants. Giants are favored by three and a half. 
And I'm going with Washington on this one. I know I don't see the Giants as being a team that doesn't win one, but I don't think this is the one. I don't think they beat Washington. I think Washington, you know, goes to New York and beats them. So I am uh, I'm taking Washington and getting the three and a half points. I'm starting Daniel Jones, and I know I just got done trashing him after. Well, let's rewind a little bit. I started off praising him, saying he was going to be a good option this year for fantasy, to trashing him, to now starting him against Washington. It's just a good matchup. I, I like him in this matchup, and I, I think uh, this is where he starts turning it around a little bit. But by no means am I going to stick my neck out for him like I did for the last, you know, the all off season and beginning of the season. Uh, Antonio Gibson, I am playing him just before the receiving yards. The Giants give up a lot of receiving yards to the running back, so I really like Antonio Gibson in that format. I think he can have a pretty big day. And I added J.D. McKissick because he is actually getting a, a lot of, of targets as well in the passing game, so I think they both can be effective. I think McKissick's more of a flex option, but Antonio Gibson, I think, is a start option. Devonta Freeman doesn't necessarily have a great matchup. It's middle of the road, but I think he has a big, well, I shouldn't say big game, but I think he has a, a respectable game. I think he has a workman-like productive game where, you know, he gets you those 8 to 12 points, and he's not going to win it for you, but he's not going to lose it for you type day. So I think he's a start. He, he definitely makes my top 24. Terry McLaurin, you're starting him regardless. He had a bad week last week. Don't let it bother you. It's Terry McLaurin. He, uh, he'll he have a good game here, and it's actually a good matchup for him. So I I think he just, yeah, I, I think Kyle Allen goes to him a lot, and McLaurin has a big game. And with Sims being on the IR, I put Dontrell Inman in there. I, I think this could be another sneaky game for Inman. You know, he came out of nowhere a couple weeks ago, got two touchdowns. And this type of matchup could be kind of a similar thing where he doesn't get a ton of targets, but he could make the most of the ones that he does get. Evan Ingram I have as a start, and most people by now has have given up on Evan Ingram. But it's a great matchup, so if Evan Ingram doesn't do it here, I don't know where he will do it. Uh, it's like a, one of those Dr. Seuss books, you know, uh, Green Eggs and Ham. Will he do it against the Redskins? Will he do it against the Eagles? And he won't do it anywhere. That's Evan Ingram right now. And, you know, this could be his his last shot to, uh, to get, to, you know, to have us have some confidence in him. I'm sitting Kyle Allen, sitting Darius Slayton, sitting Golden Tate, I, all the way around. Uh, Logan Thomas, sorry, I'm sitting him as well. All the way around, just with Kyle Allen. He was hurt last week. He's supposed to be good to go. It's it's still kind of shaky. I'm wondering if we'll see Alex Smith again at some point during the game. So I, I'm not playing Kyle Allen. And the Giants are actually pretty good against the quarterback position. So uh, Kyle Allen is way outside of my top 15 even. So Darius Slayton. He had a pretty good game last week. I don't think he has a good game this week. Washington football team can defend the receiver position, so him and Golden Tate are going to have a tough go, and I, I don't have confidence in, in starting them. Logan Thomas, we don't need to talk about. He, uh, he's he been a sit now for a while because you know, even with the good matchups, he hasn't proven that uh, he's a reliable target for this offense right now. Baltimore Ravens at the Philadelphia Eagles and Baltimore's favored by seven points and I'm going with Baltimore I'm giving up the seven points I almost chose Philadelphia just because the Eagles looked pretty good against the Steelers in that game you know they didn't cover but uh well Pittsburgh did cover and but nonetheless I was impressed with how well Philadelphia's offense looked against that Steeler defense Speaking of which, on my starts, you are starting Miles Sanders. And, you know, he had some lackluster performances against uh, D 
defenses that you thought he should have done better against, and then goes out to Pittsburgh and just gets two touchdowns and 75 yards. So I he, he's a must start at all points now. You know he's your horse. You need to start him, and that's why you you know you don't think about benching your your top players. And I'm guilty of that as anybody because I was even having talk on this podcast about, you know, Miles Sanders might be a good sit. He's not going to have a good game. And, you know, he hasn't done it against some good teams or some bad teams. And, nope, it's hogwash. Keep him in there. Start him. Hollywood Brown. And actually, hold on, going back to Miles Sanders, I, I like him just for his receiving yards. That's a component that uh, the Ravens don't defend well. And Miles Sanders is pretty good receiver out of the backfield. So I, I think he definitely can excel at that part of the, the game uh, on Sunday. And so he needs to be started. Hollywood Brown, let's go back to Hollywood Brown. He, uh, I think he gets a lot of targets this game. He can be productive. You know, you saw what Chase Claypool did. I'm not saying that Hollywood Brown's going to do that, but... I, I think he's can make some plays, and, and this could be his breakout. We've been waiting for it. It hasn't happened. And I wasn't high on Hollywood Brown, but I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting him to, you know, be this mediocre so far this year. And, you know, I still expected him to have some big games, and I think that starts this week against Philadelphia. Zach Ertz, I know people are tired of Zach Ertz. He hasn't done anything he doesn't look the same. And even with Dallas Goddard out, you thought his volume would increase. And with the receivers out, you thought he would be effective. And he just hasn't been. And it's killing you. And, if yeah, if you're owning him, it's definitely killing you. But uh, he has a good matchup here. And I think this is the last go-around. And with the bye weeks that are in play right now, you know, you're struggling for... To, to play a tight end, I just think you have to go with Zach Ertz because it's a good matchup and, and there's not a lot out there to, to pick up to uh, that's probably going to play better than Zach Ertz at this point. So this is his make-or-break week. I will not recommend him again if he doesn't produce, and let's see uh, what he does. But, uh, you know, stats-wise, the matchup is there for him to have a good game. Mark Andrews, same thing. He actually has a really good matchup against his Eagles defense, and... He needs to be played all the way across the board. Um, sitting Carson Wentz, I don't think he's a top 12 quarterback. And notice I didn't start Lamar Jackson. I have Lamar Jackson on my sit. He's on my sit list. But having said that, you're you're playing Lamar Jackson because he's a top-tier talent. It's just one of those things that I like to remind people that he's going to be in your lineup. He's probably not going to win you your week. But, you know, so don't have high expectations on him. But he can be productive enough to, uh, you know, have you win your week. He won't win you the week, but you won't lose the week with him in there. Um, Mark Ingram, I actually think you need to bench him. This is a bad matchup for Mark Ingram. You know, J.K. Dobbins is not getting as many targets and carries, so he can be on your bench. Gus Edwards can be on your bench. That whole conundrum of running backs I don't want to mess with against this Philadelphia Eagles defense. So just keep them safely on your bench. And, of course, if you don't have any other choice, they're they more flex options at this point. Travis Fulgham is on the bench. I know he's a shiny new toy, had a great week against the Steelers, and you probably got him on the waiver wire or, you know, he was one of your top pickups. But uh, you need to wait at least a week because this is not a good matchup, and I don't think he does what he did the last week. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, if they play, you know, they're still on the injury report and they're limited, so I'm not sure they play. But if they play, I don't have the confidence that they'll last the whole game. You know, this has kind of been lingering injuries for both of them, and they're safely on my bench for this matchup. And Greg Ward, he's on my bench because, again, there's just – this isn't a good matchup against this Ravens secondary. I think the Ravens secondary is one of the best in the NFL, and uh, I'm not playing these receivers expecting uh, big results.
This next game is the much-anticipated Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh's favored by four and a half points. I would have to agree with the odds makers. I think Pittsburgh wins by more than four and a half in this one. So I'm taking Pittsburgh, giving up the points. Part of the reason for that is Baker Mayfield is kind of banged up. He's a game-time decision, or at least for now, he's a game-time decision. He's questionable. They're wondering if he's going to play. That means Case Keenum would be playing in you know, in his steed, and I just don't see Case Keenum going into Pittsburgh and, and beating this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. But the biggest news of this game is this is the kind of the rematch. This will be the first time Miles Garrett is playing the Steelers since he took off Mason Rudolph's helmet and slammed it over Mason Rudolph's head, where he was thus suspended for the season. And then, you know, during the uh, the, the hearing, the disciplinary hearing said that Mason Rudolph called him a racial slur, basically lied about it. Nobody can confirm it. Players even denied it. Players from his own team denied it. Just a big mess for Miles Garrett. Made him look pretty bad. But having said that, uh, you know, this is going to be a physical game. It's a rivalry game. Both fan bases will, are going to be pumped up for this one. And uh, But, yeah, I think Pittsburgh ends up uh, winning this one and, and winning it a little bit uh, bigger than what we think. Starting-wise, I'm, I'm starting Ben Roethlisberger. He just has a great matchup against his Cleveland secondary. And, you know, Baker Mayfield just recently has more wins at Cleveland's uh, stadium than Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger was the most active quarterback with the most wins there. And that says something considering that he only plays there once a year. Uh, that's just how bad Cleveland's been. So congratulations on Baker to, to you know, surpassing Roethlisberger in the uh, the most wins in, in that stadium. Um, it, it's actually pretty funny. James Conner, he's a start more for his receiving yards. I, I just think that James Conner is going to be used in that kind of capacity because Cleveland can't defend it, and they're going to adjust to that. And uh, it, It's an average matchup, you know, Cleveland against the rush. But I think those, you know, the rushing and the receiving, those two components together, put James Conner in my top 24. Dante Johnson is a great play. And I know if you played him, you know, or you tried to play him most of the season, you've been burned a couple times because of injury. But if he doesn't get hurt, he's a really good play. So he, you definitely can start him with confidence. Juju Smith-Schuster, he, I think, bounces back from a mediocre game last week and has a good game. And then I have Chase Claypool on here just because he's a big play threat. And you don't, you know, you don't take someone like that out of the lineup. You put him in your flex, and he won't get as many targets as he did last game because Dante Johnson will be there. But, you know, you have that potential for him to, to you know, bust a, you know, a 70-yard touchdown pass every time he touches the ball. So, I mean, he was even had one where he ran the ball in last week, so... It's definitely a flex option. Odell Beckham, Juice Landry, and I have Rashard Higgins on here too. Um, you're, you're starting both of those because the Steelers haven't been very good against the wide receiver position. They've given up a lot of yards. But I have Rashard Higgins on here because he's that third receiver, and it always just seems to be this like obscure receiver for the other team that ends up just destroying the Steelers. And, you know, last week it was Travis Fulgham. So I can see Rashard Higgins maybe having... Uh, not a day like Travis Fulgham because there's a lot of other options for the Browns, but definitely can get a touchdown and like you know 50 yards, which you know is is good in the flex spot. So he could be an interesting play that you haven't thought about uh, in your lineup. Eric Ebron, he had a great matchup last week, kind of underwhelmed with you know a fumble and then another fumble that didn't count, but uh, he has another good matchup, and so I, I think he. You know, it was like Higgins maybe, 50 yards and a touchdown. Could be a, a good day for Eric Ebron at tight end. I am sitting Baker Mayfield just because of the injury for one, but it's also not a very good matchup, so I don't have confidence in him being a top-12 quarterback. On my bench, Cream Hunt, you know, I have him on the sit list, but it's more of along the lines of kind of Miles Sanders last week. 
you know, Steelers are a really good run defense, and they're actually pretty good at defending the receiving running back as well. So that doesn't leave a lot of room for Kareem Hunt, and I just don't think he'll have the day that we expect. Uh, I think Miles Sanders got lucky with that 75-yard run. And not saying Kareem Hunt doesn't score because it's hard to predict touchdowns in any format, but stat, you know, yards-wise, I just think it could be a rough day. Dearness Johnson, kind of disappointing in his usage after you know the injury to Nick Chubb. Uh, this was the last week was the first game for him to be you know kind of in his role, and he wasn't used very much, so he's on my bench. James Washington. He's losing targets to Chase Claypool because Chase Claypool is just too dynamic to keep on the bench. So James Washington is the one suffering for that, so he should be on your bench. And then Austin Hooper, I just, you know, he hasn't been what Cleveland, I thought, you know, they thought they were getting. Um, And I don't think he's a top 12 tight end in this matchup, so he's on my bench in this one, unfortunately, because I was expecting some big things from Austin Hooper. This next game is the Chicago Bears at the Carolina Panthers. Carolina is favored by two and a half points. I know they're at home, but I don't see it that way. I'm taking Chicago and taking the the two and a half points along with that. I I like the, the, you know, I like what Carolina has done recently, but I I think Chicago wins this game. Having said that, starting-wise, I... I'm actually seeing a lot of people in this game, but if I'm starting anybody, it's Cordero Patterson. And hear me out on this. You know, Carolina's horrible against the running back position. They're not the worst anymore. They've been the worst for the first five weeks, but uh, they were surpassed by the the Lions. And uh, they definitely aren't – they don't do a very good job at defending a receiving running back. And obviously – Tariq Cohen was that guy. I think, you know, Cordero Patterson, his usage is going up every week, and this could be a really big game for Cordero Patterson in that role, and that's where I think they gouged the Panther defense is from that spot. So I really like Cordero Patterson in this one. I think he'd be a good flex option just to kind of see what happens. And, yeah, you know, and and I say that too just because David Montgomery – he is definitely startable, so he's on my start list. But the the big thing with David Montgomery is he looks so bad doing it. He gets a lot of volume, so it works out in the end. And in this one, he'll probably, again, have like 60 yards and a touchdown. But that's David Montgomery. No one on your fantasy team is going to look worse scoring you fantasy points on your roster than David Montgomery. So... Uh, he's a start, but I think maybe Cordero Patterson is the uh, bigger play, uh, the bigger playmaker type person in your lineup that uh, uh, you know you can put in that flex. Mike Davis, I'm starting him regardless. He's done nothing but good things since he took over for Christian McCaffrey, and even though this isn't a good matchup, I'm playing him and I'm playing him with confidence. Allen Robinson, same type of thing. He, you know, he had a bad week last week, but I mean. The volume and the targets he gets, Allen Robinson is, you know, he's such a great receiver that you can't keep him on your bench no matter who he plays and no matter how bad the quarterback is. And So Allen Robinson, you start. Ian Thomas, same type of thing. Bears aren't good at defending the tight end position. Ian Thomas can get some play here. But, uh, you know, that's kind of a dart throw, like a shot in the dark of maybe Ian Thomas will get me a touchdown in the passing game. Um, just because the Panthers don't use that uh, tight end position very much, uh, that, you know, in the in the grand scheme of their offense. Sitting uh, Nick Foles, I'm sitting Teddy Bridgewater. You know, Bridgewater was a hot commodity these last two weeks with his matchups, and now it cools off. This is a matchup I want nothing to do with Teddy Bridgewater. Robbie Anderson, uh, you know, you're playing him because he's the number one receiver and his his targets he gets are just insane. He gets like 15 targets a game. So you're going to play him, but this isn't a good matchup for him. And, he, you know, I'm not expecting really big things necessarily. DJ Moore, same type thing. Um, I, 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 he had a touchdown last week on a big play, but 
I, I would probably have him on my bench even. I, I would start Robbie Anderson with the expectation of him not, you know, doing a ton. But I would probably even bench DJ Moore. Um, I hate to say that because I thought he was going to be a number one type receiver this year. And he just hasn't been. Darnell Mooney, Anthony Miller, Jimmy Graham, everyone else can be on the bench. Because the Panthers can defend the, the, the pass. And... If it wasn't for Allen Robinson just being Allen Robinson, uh, I would be benching everybody in this matchup. So as you can see, I'm not that excited about uh, this matchup. And uh, I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. This next game is the Detroit Lions at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Detroit is favored by three points. And... I'm taking Detroit in this one. I think they cover. I think they win. They're they're coming off of a bye week, and I don't know. I think they're ready to be facing Jacksonville. So I'm taking Detroit and giving up the three points. And having said that, starting Gardner Minshew, I am starting Matthew Stafford. I'm basically, here's the deal. I'm starting everybody. I'm basically starting everybody but the tight end for the Jaguars because they don't really make a difference anyways. Tyler Eifert, uh, he's hurt. He probably won't even play. So you're definitely not starting James O'Shaganessy, um, the Irishman. You're, you're not starting him. So everyone else is free game, though, and could have a big day. Gardner Minshew, Matthew Stafford. I mean, Adrian Peterson, I think, is a really good play. DeAndre Swift, you know, he goes in there and vultures some touchdowns. So he, he's definitely in play. James Robinson, I think James Robinson has a huge game this game. So he should be started and could be, you know, a top five play. LaVishka Chenault, he's in there. Keelan Cole, he's in there. And I have both of them in there over DJ Chark because I don't think DJ Chark plays. And I'm really worried about his injury. You know, this is the second time he's been injured. Uh, he's not practicing right now. So I'm sitting DJ Chark because I don't have confidence he will play. And if he does play, I'm not, you know, I don't have the confidence he'll finish the game necessarily. So it's just, you know, a scary proposition. And I would rather bank on something that I have a little more confidence in in regards to being able to, com- you know, make it through the whole game. Kenny Galladay, you're starting him always, but you're starting him in this one. Kenny Galladay is the man. Marvin Jones, you are starting Marvin Jones. Um, uh, you know, he's a, a cut option for most people recently. And I don't blame anyone for cutting Marvin Jones because he hasn't been very good. Definitely hasn't meeten uh, or met expectations. But something about Marvin Jones is, you know, beginning of the season, I kind of put him and Will Fuller in that same category of, of guys that were underrated that usually produce and have, you know, big seasons. And Will Fuller kind of exceeded that a little bit, and Marvin Jones is kind of went the opposite way and just hasn't been good and, you know, worked his way off of most fantasy football rosters. But in this one, it's a good matchup, and I can't keep him on my bench on this one. I think he's a top, you know, what? If you have, if it's a three receiver league, uh, he's a top, I don't know, 40, top 50 receiver. So enough that he might be in the flex discussion. T.J. Hawkinson, I like him a lot. I like this matchup a lot. Jaguars are horrid at defending the tight end position, and T.J. Hawkinson's a great play. It needs to be started in all formats. So, this game is, you know, I think it'll be a high-scoring game, just for the fact that uh, there's a lot of starting options, and not a lot of people that I would sit. Jacksonville, you know, they're they're kind of a tough team to gauge in general. And I think Detroit is too. So this is what makes this game kind of interesting is, is the fact that both teams are really tough to gauge. They're unpredictable. And I'm predicting a shootout, but just watch when we talk about it. It'll be, you know, a, a low-scoring slugfest, like 9-6 to six or something. That's just the way it goes. But uh, nonetheless, that's the end of the Sunday games, and we'll – you know, continue with the Sunday afternoon games uh, in the next podcast.
Well, the show has ended. We appreciate you listening. This is Burke and Ms. The Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Ms. The Wiz Montalban. Please follow us on any podcast station that you use. We're on most all of them, especially the big three, Google, Spotify, Apple. So please follow us there, like us, review us. Everything helps. We appreciate it. And we'll be getting back to you in a couple days, going over the Sunday afternoon games, Sunday night games, and the Monday night games. So until then, enjoy your day, and we'll get right back at it soon. Take care.